I'm afraid I may have to die tonight. I've tried to be patient, I've tried to wait, but I have to know. How, Father, how do I do it? What do I use to make them afraid? If I ring this bell, Alfred will come. He can stop the bleeding in time. Another of your gifts to me, Father. I have wealth. The family man rests above a huge cave that will be the perfect headquarters. Even a butler with training in combat medicine. Yes, Father, I have everything but patience. I'd rather die than wait another hour. I have waited 18 years. 18 years since. Since sorrow. The mask of sorrow. Since the walk that night, and the man with frightened hollow eyes, and a voice like glass being crushed. Since all sense left my life, without warning it comes, crashing through the window of your study and mine. I've seen it before, somewhere. It frightened me as a boy. Frightened me, yes, father. I shall become a bat. Greetings, pop people, and welcome to another critical dose of Strangers to the Multiplex. My name's Rob, um, I'm leading tonight's podcast. I do just have to warn you, as ever, there will be spoilers. We're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, so yeah, if you haven't seen those, and you do want to watch them, I'd suggest perhaps going away and watching them and coming back. Bit of miss this evening, as I'm only joined by two of the three of the cohorts three. Um, I'm joined by Fuzzy Bitch. Yeah, boy! who very ably read the introduction to tonight's chapter, which was taken from Frank Miller's Batman Year <laughs> One. And I'm also joined by Darius. Hello. Hello, good evening. Are we both well, gentlemen? Keep me real. Yeah. Good. Good, okay. Uh, sadly, this evening, Miss Hill can't be with us. Well, She's see. sick, so we need somewhat of a substitute. Thankfully, this evening, we're joined by guest, who's no stranger to the multiplex, the written words, or indeed the comic panel. As an educator, he's a man of letters, and thankfully for us, they just happen to be K... A, P, O, and W. <laughs> Dated Batman reference. Tonight we're joined by one, Richard James Johnson. Howdy. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Good. Okay, uh, Rich, you're here tonight primarily as a Bat fan. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure at all, no. <laughs> Trying to keep it <laughs> lifelong. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember when I first met Rich, I uh, was struck by his passion for Batman and um, the links of his intelligence when talk about that man. So I'm hoping you can bring something to the podcast. And if not, the will be lost hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> God knows we're lucky there. Maybe it's a Okay, on to tonight's main attraction. Uh, we will be discussing Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Mm. Now, the Batman trilogy for Christopher Nolan uh, started with Batman Begins in 2005. Before we start talking about that, I feel it's important just to very, very briefly mentioned Joel Schumacher's Batman and Robin from 1996. Must we? Really? Must we? Go on, can, I, can I please get through the No, just go on, if you must. <laughs> <laughs> There's a script. Um, there's been lots written about the disaster that was Batman and Robin. Um, you can go elsewhere and read those. It's just enough to note that it was enough to allow liberal retooling of mythology approach the character, uh, which was carried out eventually by Christopher Nolan, despite other directors um, submitting ideas for it. Darius, Christopher Nolan at this point had directed three feature films, mm. uh, the following, which is 1998, Memento in 2000, and Insomnia in 2002. Mm. I want you to cast your mind back. Mm. What, 
How did you receive the news that Christopher Nolan was director? Well, I mean, Memento for me was um, a kind of breakthrough film. I was at university studying film at the time, and I remember watching Memento. I think we watched it together. I think we did. I think, I think it was Memento and Requiem for Dream, maybe, back to back, possibly. I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but... Yeah, Memento for me was an amazing film and Christopher Nolan came through and it's this fantastic director. And then Insomnia, again, you know, it's a strong film, not didn't have the same impact as um, Memento. But I think when he was chosen for Batman, I think it did seem quite left field in terms of the choice of directors. But they, they were looking at people like Darren Aronofsky, yeah, 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 for year one. So they were kind of looking a bit left field and a bit more in an independent kind of director for it. But um, so it was a bit of a surprise, yeah, when they chose him. And but I think it, I think it's fair to say Nolan was by no means a blockbuster director. No, no, and I think, I mean, we'll get more into this in a minute. But I think through the Dark Knight trilogy, you actually see him develop as a filmmaker from sure. film to film in different way, for good and for bad. For good, yeah. No, I'm not saying they're safe for good, <laughs> but you see him develop, and especially within the studio system, you see him develop. Um, but I think, no, I think what he did with Batman Begins was fantastic, and it, it did bring new life into the franchise, the franchise and he saved it. You know, and made it a marketable yeah, property again. Absolutely. What I remember for, at the time was... Um, you knew Christopher Nolan was going to be directing a new film mm. after Insomnia, and if I recall, it was called Intimidation Game, and they ah, never yes. actually mentioned it had anything to yes. do with Batman. And the only reason that we knew that was going to be a Batman film is because there was some stories leaked about um, some statues or something that had been erected in a, in a um, what they described as a monk-like building or cave mm, mm. and then people started to actually talk about ah this is the whole blue harvest scenario so they, they called it intimidation game <laughs> and they kept that for quite a while mm. I, I remember so I remember there not being uh, that much buzz around no for that reason least. because they kept it so tight um, and then obviously you realise oh my god yeah so Christopher Nolan's going to be um, yeah directing this, this new Batman film and you knew that it was going to become something that it was completely yeah left field. It's not going to be Joel Schumacher, was it? But they needed to they needed to get back to what <laughs> was talks. What, that, what mattered really, and that was the um, the you know the origin, yeah, which had never been told. So. Let me ask you, Rob. Um, me and you, we've had many conversations, many many, many years over the Batman franchise. <laughs> um, I feel that Batman Begins is the one we're going to get the most positive response from you. So let me ask. Let me start by asking you. Do you remember the first time you saw it? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I did go and see it at the cinema. Roberts, you hurt me. We, <laughs> we, we were there together. <laughs> we yeah. together. Uh, we no. laughed together. Well, I think, I think this is uh, just lens of kind of what the film's like. I found the film. I thought it was good. I thought it was as uh, a change of pace in the Schumacher years. Obviously, it's a massive improvement, um, and it kind of it, it did what it needs to do without setting my world alight. Okay, um, you've prepared some thoughts. I, I wrote a, a, a brief review, having watched Batman Begins, and I've seen it many times, I've watched it again this week. Um, so, Batman Begins. It's a film that needs to do all the damage that the Sh Joel Schumacher moves had caused and grants a lot of pressure has put on the film to be a success. For the most part, it achieved it. It was a big commercial hit. 
Re rebooting the character was the correct thing to do, and considering this was the fifth Nod Adam West Batman movie, it was the first that really delved into why Bruce Wayne became Batman. And this, for me, was one of the strongest elements of the movie. In fact, it's, almost, it's pretty much an hour into the movie before we even see our title character in full costume, and this has become quite the norm now with origin movies ten a penny, but this was kind of... For, for the day, this was the, what, the film that started all. This is why everyone got an origin story. Batman had done it, and then... Uh, sorry, Spider-Man had done it, Batman took it and, and really did well with it. Uh, so for me, the film starts quite strongly, and it is the human side of Batman that is endearing. Kind of seeing him train with the League of Shadows after a very bruising encounter in Asian jail is a very solid way to set up this character. And intermixing this with flashbacks of Bruce's young boy with his parents really helps to establish why he has the desire to become the Dark Knight he is ultimately destined to be. Liam Neeson is the wise old man guiding young warrior as a trope that has been done to death but even by 2005. However, for the most part, it works, and the training scenes, particularly the ones where Bruce has breathed in the hallucinogens, are actually very interesting and give a different twist to what could have been a very standard scenes indeed. I do feel that Bruce manages to escape the League of Shadows far too easily, however, I am allowing artistic license on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, once we return back to Gotham, I feel the film loses some of its pace. However, there is enough interesting scenes with the setting up of the characters' weaponry in the Batcave to keep the movie moving forward relatively successfully. Uh, I particularly like Batman's early attempts uh, at, at being Batman when he goes to try and almost uh, let Commissioner, well, Detective Gordon, I think, at this point. Lieutenant Gordon. Or Lieutenant Gordon, yeah. you know who he is, and he tries to escape and he goes a bit tits up. Uh, I like things like that. For me, it was things like that that made the character endearing. Yes. Um, I think very much with like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, uh, throughout the trilogy, it's, it's watching him fail that makes you as an audience kind of endear yourself to him. He's not perfect. He, well, he was never the Dark Knight from the He ago. was never the Dark Knight from the yet one. And I think this is one of the things why, for me, Batman Begins works better than the others, and we'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this isn't the perfect character. This isn't, and for me, certainly in the second one, he is too perfect. He is too flawless. Um, and it's, it's that that maybe struggle to endear him. When, when he's not in his full regalia, when he's not quite fully Batman, for me, that's when the character works the best. And it's as a director, it's when it's knowing when to uh, to use your limitations of your superhero to emphasise how much better it is when they get it right. Yes. Uh, the film has its flaws, of course. Firstly, like pretty much every Christopher Nolan film, it's too long. The movie clocks in at well over two hours, doesn't need to be. There's still plenty of flab in the second and third reels that could be cut down. Uh, for me, the character Rachel Dawes, Katie Holmes, is a particular error. I think she's, she does Girl Next Door very well, but to cast her as a, meant to be a hard-ass district attorney, no, doesn't work. Doesn't work. It really doesn't. She has the face, I, of, I she has the face as, of a child. She has she the does. face, yeah. <laughs> she does very much so. I don't, I don't believe her as an adult, but okay. I would go as far to say that all of the women in the trilogy have underwritten. Completely. As, I mean, same with Maggie Gyllenhaal, I think she's horribly cast. Oh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get we to will that. come to we'll this. Yes. Um, I'd argue the ending of the movie is far weaker than the beginning, again, something that will continue on with the Nolan trilogy. Uh, uh, but one of the best aspects of the film is the style of the movie. One of the biggest issues I have with the, the, the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises is the gritty nature of them. It's, they, they, it's just ran down your throat. And, we, you know, these films need to work as comic book movies for me. 
And for me, Batman Begins is the only one that works as a comic book movie. It has the feel, it has the style, it looks great. And it's fun. And it's fun, that, and it's, and I can, when, but it's, I mean, it's not too gritty, it's not too overly elaborate comic book, Joel Schumacher, it gets the balance for the most part right, so when you get scenes like the Scarecrow, when he's doing his mask, and it, it, it jars just enough, it's just right, it's not too elaborate, it's not too gritty and down to earth. It's, pl it's plausible. It's plausible we've in seen the, the flowers, world they've created. We've seen the flowers already. We know yes. that people can do that sort of thing. Yes. It's not a leap when the stair scarecrow mm. starts making people see their fears. Yes. And yeah. just, just to finish. Yeah, let the man finish. Yeah. <laughs> so all in all, Batman Begins did what it needed to do. It washed away the bad taste of the Schumacher movies and set up the Dark Knight for what could, should, have been superior sequels. <laughs> Wrong we were. <laughs> oh, and relax. Gentlemen, Darius, Rich, we've wow. got a lot to respond to there. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything in particular Rob's mentioned that you take issue with, or not so much take issue with, has you have something to add to? No, I, I, I think I think Batman Begins is actually out of the three is probably the best Batman film. Yes. I think it's the most original, yeah, and it's the most, it's original because it's an origin tale, mm. yeah, and it's, it deals with characters that haven't been put on the screen before, which makes it fresher. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think overall, I think it's a great review and, yeah, it's a really good, you know, reflection of what a summary of what the film's about. I would, I, I'm not jumping ahead to Dark Knight just yet, but I would say that... Yes, it's still got comic book elements, but Batman as a character, especially when he's put on screen by someone like Christopher Nolan, you can't help escape how much of a cinephile he is and what yeah. references he makes yeah. and how much he embeds his world and his characters in cinema. That's, that's what it's mm. about to him. Mm. And he, he is clearly somebody who was chosen for the role and became interested in the stories, and he's using the stories that he thinks are the best to tell a cinematic tale of what Batman's about. And let's not escape the fact that Batman Year One, in particular, ironically, is the most cinematic version of that character in a comic book. So that's why it kind of starts well, to become... But is, is, he, is he telling a story of Batman or is he telling a story of no, Gotham? I would argue, I would argue in this particular film, in the first one, I think he loses it as we go on, mm. but in the first movie, he is telling the story of Batman. Yes. I do agree it's yes. the best one. I think also better. you have to make, thinking of Batman as a character, mm. you have to make the distinction between Batman and Christopher Nolan's version of yeah, that. Yeah. And I think that becomes yeah. more important. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, Dee, you were saying about um, you think he's Nolan's more interested in Gotham. Mm. Expand on that for me, especially, well, in, I, especially I, in regards to Batman McGee. Yeah, I, I mean, just generally on, with the trilogy, though, because I remember reading this after Dark Knight Rises came out and he kind of quoted a lot about Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Mm. And yeah. Well, it's, it's quoted all, at the end. Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's that whole thing about each film is kind of showing a different kind of side of Gotham in a mm. way. And, like, uh, the first film is more about high-rises and a kind of... Um, 
that kind of stuff and then the street level mm-hmm. for the second film and then the third film is more kind of sewers and the kind of lower levels and stuff it's this idea of showing different kind of layers yeah. of Gotham as a city and it's people but I mean I think I think the thing I love about Batman Begins rewatching as well is it's fun yeah, yeah. it is yeah. actually it's really fun, yeah. fun it does get the balance just like it does and, the, and he allows really Batman good. to be Batman and to be cool and, and to, to be real and to be real yeah. but also the whole thing about him becoming Batman yeah, yeah. is done so well in terms of the realism yeah. but it works it doesn't it doesn't go too far down in the later films I think it goes too tries to be too realistic it gets too yeah. it sprawls I, yeah. to, to a as I mentioned the other day it becomes David Lean yeah 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 that that was my point sprawling that's my point and you can't you cannot contain or focus on those characters as soon as you open all of that but that was my point about before about I feel you can kind of track um, Christopher Nolan's development as a filmmaker yeah I think Batman Begins he's got this opportunity he makes really solid Batman film he's grounded in reality it's you know it's really gripping it works but then he goes on and the next film after that's prestige mm. isn't it which mm. is, kind of takes him up another level Excellent you see film. his cinematography right. kind of you get really you know and then he gets more and more into the you know his passion about film as you say mm. and the language of film and then Dark Knight does become this kind of mm. David Lean yeah, yeah. beautiful but film. more so Dark Knight Rises I would say well I think it's more I David Lean than anything I don't know I think with Dark Knight Rises is he becomes compromised. Yeah. He, yeah. He's a director who's at the height of his talents, however, the studio is pushing him yeah. for an end product, and yeah. I think it shows in the editing yeah, yeah. and the pacing of the yeah. film. But we'll, we'll come back we'll, to that. We'll get to we'll that in a second. <laughs> I think you raise an interesting point in as much as you talk of Nolan um, trying to make Batman realistic. Mm. Uh, I think, to be fair, if, if we were just to look at Batman Begins in isolation, I think he, wrote, he walks that tightrope very well. Yes. The idea behind the blue flowers and the things that make people hallucinate, the idea that Batman's scared of bats, and yeah. which is, again, it, to be fair, it's in Frank Miller's source material, um, Batman Year One. Batman chooses the mantle of the bat because that's what scares him and he wants to inspire fear in others. That's what it's about, and the focus of it is on three words that he chooses, one for each trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. So the first one is fear. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. is the, like the crux of yeah. what the story is. Chaos the second around. one. Chaos is the second and then... Tedium. That highlights the problem, yeah. doesn't it? No, but I, I, think, I think the thing about the realism though as well, it's, it, it kind of shows you why Bruce Wayne is Batman because yeah. of the money, because of the infrastructure, no, because of the support yeah. he's got. That's what helps him be Batman, but well, that's yeah. not why he is Batman. No, it's not why he's Batman, but it's, it's what allows him to yeah, become sure. the Batman. Yeah. I, get, because, I get really you know, pissed off when I see things on Facebook with people like, well, there's so many, many days in this world, why is Batman? Oh, and to yeah. me, if you say yeah. that, you've missed the point of Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's the thing about the, you know, the, the whole thing with like the military kind of stuff they've been yeah, developing with the Tumblr. Yeah, to be fair, Wayne has access to it. Yeah, I get that. Tell me, um, I was thinking about the film in terms of if for some reason or another Batman Begins didn't catch light at the box office mm. and they never made any more movies in Nolan's trilogy. The Campbell trilogy. Would <laughs> <laughs> Bitter old man in the corner. Um, do, we, do we think Christopher Nolan would have left his stamp on the Batman universe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you yeah. look at what came before. 
Batman was a joke at that yeah. point, mm. so especially in the cinematic universe, not in the TV universe, because obviously we had the animated series and stuff, but in terms of the cinematic universe, yeah. he was a joke. And, and Nolan came along and made a good film. There was actually going to be another Schumacher Batman film, wasn't yes, there? Yes, yeah. yeah. Batman the Triumphant, yeah, with so, uh, Nick Rob- Cage as the Scourge. Batman and Robin. Amazing. Yeah, thank Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you think, Rich, in terms of Batman moving forward if he'd only made one movie? I do think he'd have, yeah, definitely put a stamp on it, but then would we have ended up with another director coming along and then pulling it in a direction like Tim Burton started off Possibly. pretty well, and they're dated now, but, uh, you know, that first one... It was good for its time, and it's you. You then, you Schumacher comes along and starts to pull it more towards it being this, you know, comedic camp. It's nineteen the sixty six yeah. version and the jokes well, and what, the nipples on costumes. What would have happened? You you wouldn't have had this ex, that extremity, but if yeah. another director had come along, yeah. how would they have taken what he built and then? Intent that highlighted that even more. Yeah, because I, I think you, you have so to argue it would have become possibly become even more intense. Yeah. Than but I, th- I, th- I think the trilogy is very much Nolan's trilogy, yeah. Yeah. and it's his stamp as yeah. director, yeah. good and bad. Yeah. It's yeah. very much Absolutely. his vision, isn't it? I think, like yeah. we said, I would argue this is his true Batman movie. I yeah. think he becomes more of himself as a filmmaker in the second two movies. Yeah. I think and they can... become less of Batman movies. Yeah. As yeah. I think you can say you can sit and you can debate, you know, how much you love the films or hate the films, but. There's one thing that you cannot fault Christopher Nolan for, is that he is one of, if not the only filmmaker around today who makes cinematic films, makes blockbusters that forces the audience to have to think about what they're watching. So whether you actually think it's good or it's bad, we are doing that right now. We are talking. I absolutely agree. And And we are discussing... His films divide people. And that's a good thing. And dividing rises. You know, divides people. But Interstellar divides people. There's people who love it, there's people who hate it. I like to have a different discussion. Somebody talked to me about villains. It occurred to me while I was watching this that if, if... if um, Tim Burton has left anything mm-hmm. for the Batman franchise, it's the idea of a two-villain approach to a movie. Which is and a to be fair, even yes. even Nolan, all of his yeah. movies stick to the same two-villain approach. Yeah, um, but that's Rob. probably more of a studio. Mm-hmm. Okay, but why is that? Talk, talk talk to me about the uh, two villains he's picked for this particular movie. Are they two more grounded villains? To be honest, when I first heard that they, it was going to be Scarecrow and Raj Al Ghul, I mean, I wasn't as up on Batman as I am now, and I just thought, oh, that's, that's a bit of shit, you know, because they're, they're not one of the ones I was I was used to seeing. Where's yeah. the Penguin? Where's the Riddler? Where's Two-Face? But they're picked where's for the, the narrative. And, they pick but, the characters yeah, they, and they, they, build they picked story because they work in the story, yeah. I think. Cillian Murphy as the Scarecrow is fantastic. Yes. I think he's ever such a, a brilliant actor, and I think he really brings something to the role. He doesn't have a great deal to work with. What he does, he does extremely well. I was going to say, do you Um, think they used Scarecrow to his full potential? I think they used him enough. Mm. Yeah, I think. I think you could have used him more, would it have worked as Mm. well? I would argue it's Razzagul's movie. And the Scarecrow's just side guard. I think he's there, the Scarecrow is there for those in the audience who aren't picking up on those subtle psychological undertones of... Mm. Batman has to use fear mm. to actually get the criminals <laughs> to fear him. It's, so it's two interpretations of fear, to isn't it? actually yeah. say, this yeah. is what fear is yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, 
you know, communicating that story to everybody, mm. people are going to come out of that cinema and understand what builds... It's the two versions of fear, it's the yeah. two extremities. He's a very good narrative yeah. device. Yeah. I think yeah. it works very well within the film. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, he's in all three of the films. I mean, yeah. he does, he yeah. does kind of set up the idea yeah. of, of Arkham. And yeah. I can't help but feel he's only in the third one because he's been in the previous two. Yeah. Oh, well, I think yeah. I think yeah. he was only in the third one because of unfortunately Heath Ledger passed and they, they couldn't bring Joker back. I think yeah. you probably would have seen Joker in. But the he third passed one. away afterwards, though, didn't he? He did finish finish filming it. He, he finished yeah. the second yeah. one. Second one. Third one. But not third. Ah, one. right. I right. think he went bored. Do you really? Yeah. Do you know what? Oh, I'm glad. But I'm. I'm glad they didn't bring him back. Because it's a pinpoint. It's, because, a, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. as, as you, as you mentioned, it. sorry, as you mentioned the Joker, mm. um, towards the end of the movie, um, fantastic, like, little calling card. If they yeah. ever made another movie, you would still know the Joker mm. was in that universe. Mm. Did you know, even though they do reveal that card, it wasn't up until they started, they were well into the script process, they were actually going to have the Joker in the movie. Really? No same as same as Back to the Future. Yeah. There was never an intention to do what, sequel. What do we think is that little call to the Joker? It works. Brilliant. I love yeah. it. Why, okay. Okay. Why did you love it? Because it was. It was. It literally a calling card as to yeah. what is going to happen. Yeah, in the next film. But I mean, up to that point, this is a, this is a this sort of the view I had on the film. I mean, I thought it was the, the best Batman film. Easily put to screen, yeah, because it was everything that mm. you wanted to see. They finally understood the character. Um, they understood the psychology of the character, which again is part of what Chris Nolan's filmmaking is about: is understanding what makes people tick. Yeah, and Batman as a character, you've got to get across. By the time, by the end of that film, you're thinking, well, I don't care if I ever. If I don't ever see the Joker on screen ever again, it's been done. It's you can't served. top Jack Nicholson. That's what you're thinking. But he even managed to mm. sort of give a fresh mm. a, approach to that with, you know, solid casting. You never even think about... You know, yeah, you yeah, touched, you've touched on casting. Let's do casting. Um, I'll put it out there. People's favourite members of the cast... Who was who was cast? That's not my least favourite. Well, I was going to ask you because I know you're reaching the obvious. I mean, aside from the obvious, Katie Holmes, who is the worst thing about that film, she's the only bad thing about. I often there's there's the whole thing with if you watch Christopher if you watch Christian Bale's performance, he actually gets older with Bruce Wayne. There's little subtle things he does. Yeah. Oh, the hair as well when he's only like a teenager. Yeah, Go back and re-edit the movie and just put Katie Holmes in every scene as that little girl just it would be the, it would be the same actress she's so I, don't, I don't think she changes at all no but the one person that throughout the, the whole trilogy and it it kind of upsets me to even even say it oh. I love I love Michael Caine oh. I think he's I think he's a great movie star and even more importantly he's a great storyteller yeah in his interviews he's brilliant at telling about his career you know, you learn so much from him. Literally, he's like, the, he's like your granddad, you know, some guy that you'd, you'd really look up to. Um, he's not a versatile Are actor. Are you trying to tell me you really hate more What I am saying, but I'm saying no. Because <laughs> I had a real problem throughout the whole trilogy as him as being cast as Alfred. Mm. But, oh, but... He brings, at the same time, he brings he so much heart to it. So... Within those films, within a Nolan universe, you accept it. 
but he's not your Alfred. No, he's no. not Alfred. I would no. say and he's not the Alfred that no, you are used he, to seeing. He does bring that. He is a reinvention, and the yeah. reason he's been cast is precisely yeah. for that. He's yeah. a storyteller. Yeah. What does Alfred do? That those moments he has about. It was a, a jewel, a knowledge of a tangerine. Yeah. And, it, you know, these kind of stories. Yeah. You can imagine Michael Caine, and he did, he improv. That was actually a story oh, really? that Michael Caine actually based it on right. his experiences being in well, the I army. Know. I didn't know yeah. that. So, you know, you can think, well, come on, yeah, yeah, just yeah. for that scene, you think, well, that's why he's cast. Well, he becomes very but handy. But he's not becomes, your He becomes very handy. So I have this real kind of, <laughs> yeah. I have a real conflict watching yeah. him because I love him what he does in those films yeah. but at the back of my head I'm thinking I'm, I'm fighting with he's not Alfred he's not he doesn't look <laughs> well, like how I would no, I'm, I'm with you so, he's no Sean Pertridge I grind. I quite like Sean Pertridge let's have a conversation what, what about you guys Batman Begins casting wise is there anybody who particularly stands out for you uh, for me, there's too many big-name actors squeezed into a single film. I think it's impressive that Christopher Nolan, at such a state in his career, was able to get such a cast. Mm-hmm. I think the studio budgets have allowed it. Yeah. allowed that to happen. Yeah. I think I love Gary Oldman. He has yeah. very little to do throughout the trilogy. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Michael Caine's Michael Caine. I would have rather have cast character actors in yeah, those roles. Yeah, Gary some Oldman is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, he's I, one of the best pieces of casting. I, I, I'd say he, he's my standout, Gary Oldman. Uh, I think he has some very poor dialogue in that whole film. But I love him as yeah. Gordon. There's some very poor dialogue, really well, not yeah. just full stop. Just full well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I remember when the film was kind of, you know, you knew there was going to be a new Batman film. And in my, this has happened twice with Gary Oldman, it's uncanny. Um, seeing Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon mm. in my head and then in being cast. And the same thing happened when I read um, the third Harry Potter book. Mm. And when I was reading the third Harry Potter book, I saw Gary Oldman as Snape, and yeah. then he got cast as Snape. It's like, my God, they've got... I mean, how right could they have got it in my wow. head? But, in, but he, in a way, he was cast against type because he was very much... Exactly. That's why it worked. Parents, yeah, though, isn't yeah. he? You know, yeah. well, development. He's the Batman, he's the ground. He's the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think he's brilliant. Too much his yeah. character from Leon playing Kashnagor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but the Joker. I think acting and character... I think all the kind of choices they made what about, were through great. Uh, Christian Bale as Batman? So I think, it, to be fair, as Batman, Christian Bale really works. I think he's better as Bruce Wayne. I just think he's great as... The, ca- the character in those films is yeah. the Nolan Batman but at the time again that to me was absolutely perfect casting I remember you know on the back of American Psycho and Equilibrium yeah. you know you watch Equilibrium and that's basically him going yeah you know yeah. I'm going to be that Batman. works well on the podcast he literally went Bateman <laughs> Bateman to Batman didn't he it was yes. like yeah. you know nice. this was a kind of psychotic um, character that he played and how well he can do that and then how he can sort of use that, you know, in in the role of Batman, yeah. And that's that's an argument itself. Is by is Batman? Yeah, like, no, he, he's he's a good he's, <laughs> he is a good actor. He's very intense. He does bring that intensity to it. Uh, there's, there's also the humour. I think that's what's, what struck me watching him again. Actually, there's actually more humour in the films mm. than I actually gave credit for. I he's, actually don't have a problem with the 
the, the voice he does, you know. Most people really no, go to no, it. No, I, don't, no, no. I like the voice. No, I, 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 I don't take the other problem. In, in that film, in the films, again, he's created. In my head, when I speak on the phone, you know, I sound like Christian Bale's Batman. It doesn't happen. Like, I mean, because it doesn't happen enough anyway no. for you to be able to think, oh. when he talks, it has to matter. However, in the first film, I think there's issues, but we'll get to yeah. that. Shall we move on to Dark a seamless link to 2008's The Dark Knight. We've all obviously seen it. Um, I would like to start a discussion with regard to casting. There's a couple of new cast members. Let's deal with the white elephant in the room first. Uh, Katie Holmes is actually swapped out for Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gentlemen, does it make any difference? It's not great. <laughs> she, she was cast because she has a resemblance to, to Kate Holmes. And, really? and, and, and uh, yeah. her husband's not a crazy Scientologist. Yeah, yeah. And she's, yeah, and she's um, a slightly better actor, actress. Do, is, is it that she just didn't come back? I think that's why she, she didn't want to come back. She couldn't. No, she I couldn't do it. She was doing. Um, she, she was going to do it. She couldn't. It was something to do with well, it. Well, thank you for not smoking. Tom Cruise jumping off sofas. Like, I'm sure if they wanted her back, they could have made a. Oh yeah, they could have. Yeah. I think it's a decision. I mean, Maggie Gyllenhaal is a great actress. She's a great actress. Really great. To be fair, did she have much to work with? Um, not really. Not really. Does any of the cast? Oh god, here we go. Starting. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. It's not. He's not her film. No, she's. No. A, she's very much a. She does what she can. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Darius, say nice. Say nice things about Aaron Eckhart as um, Two Face. I think I, I. I really like him as an actor. I mean, I remember before that I saw him here, and I think. Um, so thank you for not thank, thank you for smoking. Thank you for smoking. Yeah, and with very Katie Holmes. Um, but he, he was in a couple of films. I remember seeing him in, and when he was cast, I thought, yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. He's really good. His own yeah. For a film that is governed by his legendary yeah. performance, my God. He hosts Sorry, him. Aaron Eckhart. Well, it's, 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 it's that scene earlier really on when he's good, in the courtroom in it, yeah. and he oh, takes yeah. the gun and it's like, he's but I've got this. He has such bravado. Yeah. He sells you Harvey Dent. What's Harvey Dent about? Yeah. Core of his character is his charisma. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Harvey Dent's image. To have, yeah, he's got to be that 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 sort of character. His image, definitely. And that I love the way they set up the red herring as well in the courtroom scene of oh my god, this is into getting acid for yeah, 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 That's yeah. how it yeah. how it happened yeah, sure. with with uh, yeah. was it Mark? What's the name of the uh, Eric Roberts uh, gangster oh, that he plays? Oh, Mark Maroney. Maroney is the one that throws yeah. the acid on his face. That's isn't how it very cool. Yeah, which is what they did. I quite like that. I think they did that in Batman Forever. Well, he was like on the TV screen. They show it briefly. Yeah, Which is one of the best good. scenes of Batman forever, incidentally. But <laughs> it's one of the um, we're not going back talking about that. Even Eric Roberts, though, to be fair, a very small role. Yeah. yeah. Perfectly served. I, I yeah. I mean, Eric, you know, he's, not, he's not a megastar, is he? So he is, he is probably in the hey, character. Hey, 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 hey. No, he never was. <laughs> I mean, it's I always there. think of. Uh, I mean, it's the same. Have you seen Best of the Best, too? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same with, it's the same with Batman Begins. There's a lot of actors in that we recognise yeah, for sure. sure doing yeah. small roles, but they're not necessarily big name stars. Necessarily. No. We, we recognise them because we're obviously movie fanatic geeks, you know. But um, no, I think the casting for Rouse is absolutely fantastic. And um, I think, obviously, the particular, you know, brilliance of casting was Heath Ledger. Which I will ask Rich about. Tell me more about um, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Is he uh, the definitive Joker, or rather, is he this particular generation? I don't think there is a definitive Joker. No. That's that's what the character is about. It has to be somebody, a, a character who 
yeah, it's definitely reflective of what is happening mm. now. And is he called he, yet? He is, he is, yeah. And I think whatever Jared Leto does in the next one, which, mm. you know, even I'm a bit, oh my God, it's too soon to... I'm sure he will do something. I mean, mm. he seems to be more psychopath, you know, and kind of, whereas... His ledgers is is the anarch the anarchist it's pure the, chaos chaos yeah. yeah but um yeah the, the the Joker and the interesting thing about the Joker is the, the Batman character and the Joker are this really interesting dichotomy of comedy and tragedy aren't mm. they so yes. the tragedy of Batman um, is you know that a a man who uses um, an evil symbol, something that's dark and foreboding, to do good, and the Joker is about mm. laughter and fun made evil. So you know the idea of a man who finds them. There's nothing more horrific mm. than somebody laughing mm. at someone in pain or thousands of people in pain or people being killed. You know, that is terrifying. That's a fantastic observation. That is, yeah. Take the films for me. How do we see that on the Dark Knight movie itself? Well, you see it within his manipulation and the way that he is the the character who plays out like a puppet master. Yeah, a strange... He plays the mock, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like the court jester, Mm. yeah manipulating the king, yeah, manipulating the king, in this sense being Batman, yeah, or Harvey Dent, and making somebody else do something that they would never, ever do. He pushes pushes Batman to the limits, and unfortunately, he pushes um, Harvey Dent as well, who is the real... It, it's really about the, the tragedy surrounding Harvey Dent, yeah. but Got all of those characters, on. all of those characters, are Batman. Yeah, they're mm. all based on part of who Batman is. Yeah. Well, this is Harvey just... Dent is who Bruce Wayne would, would could be. Sure. Yeah. The the Penguin is who Bruce Wayne would be if he was born into privilege, um, but corrupt. Yeah, the Joker is the complete flip side and opposite, turned inside out. And um, all of them, everyone, the Riddler, his intelligence, his brains. Yeah. Let me. You know, what about so. Killer Croc? <laughs> Killer Croc, yeah. Killer Croc yeah. is yeah, obviously something about the appearance. No, I agree. Because the whole thing yeah. with Batman is is that thing yeah. about the the villains pretty much come about because he because he is. and, and he, that he again about, yeah. is picked up on in the story yeah. it's rather expositionally you know rammed down people's throats but that idea of the Joker is there to say yeah. look what has happened now you have me mm. you have all these other freaks yeah, being yeah. who they want to be but without any rules without anybody telling them what to do and the terrifying thing about Heath Ledger's Joker in that film is the fact that there is no reason at all why he he's is doing, doing the things he, that he he's does told you. that he's told to. Yeah, that right. he made, that, that Let me ask you, because being me and you obviously yeah. read quite a few Batman comics, what particular scenes in the Dark Knight movie for you really hit home as the Joker? I watched the Dark Knight movie and I think Heath Ledger's a very good villain. Mm. But there are some scenes, more than others, where I think, yes, he is the Joker. Well, t- 
to me, it's Heath Ledger that that made me appreciate the Joker. So mm. prior to that, I was the Joker's yeah, it's interest, interesting character, but he's been used too much. Yeah, and when you read him in the comics, it's only recently that character has had that complexity. Mm. So. I guess if you if you're going to make those comparisons, you probably look at the way that people like um, Scott Snyder and what they've kind of done is kind of gone even further afield. I took on like a horrific interpretation of of the Joker, but to me, it's about the you know the interaction between him and Batman, where he becomes the true Joker. Mm. How he talks to that character now, mm. the true Joker, and how he gets that across on screen, reflecting in the comics. Is that moment where he says, oh, I'm not going to kill you. You're yeah, too you much fun. Can, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, that's can, you can beat me. And that, all that, yeah. that is from the comic. Yeah. The rest of it is pure Nolan. That's yeah. Nolan's joke. Heath Ledger and Nolan's joke. And do we think this is maybe where Nolan gets starts to get away from the notion yes, that this is a Batman? Because he's, making, but he's making that character, the Joker, into his own character his own interpretation let's not forget what you know there's a whole story around his ledger and how he died yeah, and how yeah. obsessed he became with the character now you look at the performances he's based that on yeah it's current it's marlon brando and it's tom waits yeah and it's if you look up interviews with tom waits and this whole kind of twitchiness and the looking down at mm. the ground and the, and the smoking and the gruff voice and the yeah you know and it's kind of really you know, riffing off that. And you can tell that Heath Ledger has seen that performance. But Marlon, my God, you see traces of Marlon Brando all the way through it in Marlon Brando's early career. It's the Colonel Kurtz. There's the Colonel mm. Kurtz moments mm. of insanity and horror and explaining that to the audience. And it, it, it'll you... be interesting to know, uh, you know, at what point within the filmmaking... You know, did that performance really come through? Yeah. And did how did that affect yeah. the direction of the movie? Yeah, but I, mean, I think it changes around that. I think I it's Heath Ledger. Basically, he was cast. He's gone away, and he absorbed that yeah, role yeah. so much that I mean, you know, it's never going to be proven, but you know, it obviously. It must have affected. I think mean, there's a documentary coming about have, soon, which yeah. kind of reveals. I mean, that would be interesting. Yeah, interesting to see. Because I think I think he was. The level, well. the level of that performance yeah. is not only is that I mean, Batman Begins is still my fa my favorite three, but The Dark Knight, you know, isn't just a great Batman film. It's, it's a great, great movie. Film. No, I agree. I think I think you it's I think it's I think it's a great film. Yeah. I think it's the best film. You have to talk to about that. Best. What other elements of that film are enjoyable? I think the Dark Knight. I don't think it's is, enjoyable. It's <laughs> not. It's not. It's, it's a, not an it, enjoyable. It's a hard film, film to watch, but yeah. it's a beautifully crafted yeah, film. It's so well it done. is a filmmaker at the height, I think, of his talents. He's got a great crew around him, a great cinematographer. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's got a great. It, it looks, to be fair, it looks. Yeah, it's amazing. Brilliant. He's got great um, people working on on score. Hans Zimmer, I think, was it? Um, was it Newton Howard as well? I think we, we yeah. might have done the first. But anyway, the score's fantastic. Very minimalist. The use of the, the, the strings. Yeah. It's razor blades against strings. Yeah, yeah. It's just the the IMAX cinematography. 
you know, one of the first films to really utilise yeah. that. Yeah, well, you notice that more when you watch it on the small screen yeah. because the way the, yeah, the it squashes and that. And but he, the way he uses that to, to really create scope, I think mm. in terms of it's such a beautifully directed film and and it's the pace of the film. Yeah. It's so relentless. It's like a train that can't stop and it's just coming to that conclusion yeah. and it's just beautiful. And again, done. coming back to what I mentioned earlier about... He's so he's so cine literate. The, the mm. references he makes. There's a there's a film called and I watched it again for this podcast because I wanted to see exactly how closely linked it was. And it's really more of a homage. But there's a um, early Stanley Kubrick film called The Killing. Yes. Mm. Yeah. When you see that opening scene of the heist right. and the masks, right. it is literally lifted. And the, the you know the kind of okay. creepiness. Yeah, of, yeah. Oh, I'll watch it. I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, very, I think you know, straight away, heat. Michael Mann. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. You see absolutely. that, Der- especially yeah. in terms of the color grading yeah. and, and the sound of the, sound, the guns. The, 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 it's ferocious. Yeah. Uh, to me, The Dark Knight, I've become very aware, going to, especially towards the end of it, the theme of <laughs> Batman as Christ-like figure. The yes. idea that Batman has to sacrifice himself. At the end of it, he says to Jim Gordon, um, tell them, tell them I, killed the, I killed the policeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, Harvey, let Harvey Dent die. I think that's the emphasis on um, that, that you know the nature of the psychology again coming back to that psychology of what is a hero and a true hero has to be selfless self be selfless so much so that it, be, it destroys them and, yeah. it, and, and they have to take on the burden of something that they wouldn't necessarily well, it, it is the Christ analogy the yeah. kind of garden that gets them you know yeah, oh, yeah. my lord why are you allowing me to do yeah. you know not to get too yeah. religious but it's that whole thing about he is accepting sacrifice yeah. which you Christ probably to be honest life. to be honest you'd buy into that analogy more if it was Superman not Batman because Superman yeah. is a more of a religious motif and mm. in terms of you know the whole kind of obvious references to Moses and the biblical thing but with Batman it becomes something which is a little bit more, I don't know, as soon as you start going on about, oh, it's religion and it's, the, you know, and sacrificing is a Jesus analogy and, you know, it's, I don't know, it's... Yeah, I don't think you buy that. I think it's the hero story. Yeah. I think it's, like, it's the hero yeah. story. It's, it's not like the um, uh, Paul Verhoeven's reference yeah, to Robocop, Robocop with Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was all based on Jesus Christ. Well, that, that's what got him into it. But no, I, I, I think, I think it's hero sex. I mean, yeah, yeah, with Bat, uh, with with um, Superman. No, I think Superman doesn't necessarily sacrifice himself. Generally, as much as Batman does, Batman mm. is he is well, Batman. Ultimately, Batman, is, is Batman. Batman has to be the hero that Gotham needs, as opposed to yeah. the Gotham the hero Gotham deserves. Yeah, yeah. They've got the crap Gotham City. They've got the hero deserve. People would reveal Harvey Dent to be the crap man. Sure, he sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. But but Gotham that Gotham in order to carry on, Gotham needs the Batman. Yeah. But as the sorry, get this right way, Gotham needs Batman as the baddie. It needs the vigilante, the, the person who the person who has to do things other yeah. people wouldn't yeah. do. But he he sees Harvey Dent as his way out. He his does. way yeah. to be with Rachel. And his that's going to, to back to your to Rob's review earlier about that um, Bruce Wayne, the Batman, isn't flawless in the Dark Knight. And that's one of the few things I disagree with that original review. That it's not. He is. That there are points in the Dark Knight where obviously he is very vulnerable yeah. and the one thing that he is vulnerable to is showing his emotion and that's why women and the relationship with women is brought into his life because that's is part of his character of the so, is there much of that kind of love interest there is but, it, but the thing is with the comics is 
and this will come back to especially when we get to Dark Knight Rises, is that comics is like, in terms of a television series and having 75 years worth of story, they have that opportunity to explore the luxury that of time. and luxury of saying, oh, he's had all of these relationships and these people have actually, he's been involved with and he's, and he's lost these people or he's, you know, they've tested him in some way, you know, they've brought him out of the dark. I, I would but argue, that I would argue the one thing that Dark Knight doesn't do well is, is that kind of love story element no, with Rachel. It no. kind of falls a little bit flat. You don't quite... Yeah. But the reason it. it falls flat is because the, the character of Harvey Dent is there to be yeah. the way out also for her as well. Yeah. And and she and that relationship between her and Harvey Dent then is one of those vices and those debatable elements of then the third film. Yes. How that it becomes a catalyst for, you know, the controversy of would he really walk away from it for eight years? Well let's let's let's, okay, let's, well, let's get a slightly different view. Yeah. <laughs> I can take another bit, I think. Yeah, well I have to say the film you're describing sounds awesome. I am not sure what film it is. Um, <laughs> I tried to write um, a review of The Dark Knight, much in the way that I did for Batman Begins, and I found that my writing turned into insane ramblings. So <laughs> I'm going to read through this, and again, we can edit it down, because it is more of a rambling than a review. Um, but to be the, the joker to your Dark Knight, here we go. Uh, first and foremost, I, I didn't think this was a bad movie. I think more, that's kind of reserved for Dark Knight Rises. It's just, in my humble opinion, it, it's not a great movie. I went and I saw this virtually open weekend, uh, packed out cinema. We walked out, everyone's like, oh, that was the best thing ever, that was amazing. I'm like, that film had so many problems. And I've, I've must have seen it a dozen times since now, and I still think it's got so many issues. Um, it's just kind of nowhere to start. <laughs> this um, is a masterclass <clears throat> in destroying something. Yeah, it's first and foremost, this is not a Batman film. It just isn't. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, <clears throat> why is it that the, the Batman directs them? Bear in mind, this is all my opinion, and it is rambling. Why is it that the Batman directors have such utter disdain for, their, for Batman? No one gives a fuck about Batman. I mean, granted, in Batman Begins, Nolan has to follow the character. The film has to be about Batman, because it's an origin story. In this film... Fuck Batman. <laughs> same with Nolan, same with, same with Schumacher, and same with uh, Tim Burton, especially. I mean, as soon as he got to make his own movie, fuck Batman. Do you think, folks and other people. Do you think Nolan's more comfortable with the idea of Harvey Dent than he is Bruce Wayne? Batman? I think he's more comfortable with how much he understands the importance of, of again, coming back to his character, the rogues gallery. Mm. If even if you don't understand watching that film, that if you are watching the right villains, you are still seeing that as about Batman because everything they deal with is still about that character and they're there to test and push him, him to yeah. the limit, to the absolute limit. I think it's more about the people of Gotham and Gotham and it's an allegory for this kind of social change. Well, the first it's one is like more about Batman. The mm. second one is about his enemies, mm. the villains, and the third one is but very but much but about the rest of such yeah. an interesting and complex character. Yeah, yeah. Of all the superheroes in all of comic book history, he's probably the most fucking interesting <laughs> one. So why is he on the sidelines? We, we didn't interrupt him, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why, why is Batman given such short shrift? I mean, granted, with someone like Superman, he's the Boy Scouts, and... Yeah, I felt we learned more about him in Man of Steel 
then we learn more about Batman in Dark Knight. He's, he's a secondary character. And it's the same with all the Batman films from, from, um, from Adam West onwards. I've always found once we kind of, they, they've done this little establishing thing, this person's playing Batman. It's the same when they talk about the decision Batman has to make between um, Katie Holmes' character, who's no more Katie Holmes, and Rachel Dawes. Rachel Dawes. Well, that's that is your classic I think that's Batman crazy. dilemma, isn't it? Like it's, you know, we all remember the '60s Batman, and you know, Robin and Catwoman or whoever you know is tied up from some kind of spinning device or something about to fall in the pool of sharks with lasers <laughs> on there, whatever you know. And it is that classic Batman dilemma kind of thing who you're going to save and things I love that moment where she's just about to tell Harvey and it blows mm. off it's like that actually yeah. does yeah it it home, well man. also the fact that jo- Joker Joker was messing with him right up to the last minute he told him the wrong address and everything didn't it? so he sends yeah. him off he thinks he's going to save Rachel but he actually ends up I think Harvey. it's wonderful that Bruce Wayne has to choose between a normal life with Rachel mm. or saving Gotham Mm. Which is because essentially by saving Harvey Dent, he, he would save Gotham. He would save Gotham. No, of course he would. No, no, but again, I think you have to make the distinction yeah. between Batman and no and, and this thing that's no, I think Batman he, that has to fit in seven or eight hours worth of footage. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. This is a character that has the story has to be told in. Well, it's nearer nine hours, isn't it, based on which, how long these films are. Which leads me very well into a point I found. It's I found a TV a, series. <laughs> I found a, a commentary by a chap named Alex Hess who was writing for The Guardian, mm. and he wrote this. It's just a couple of paragraphs. Uh, this, in relation to Dark Knight, to begin with, it bites off such an absurdly large chunk of thematic meat that any possibility of chewing through it, uh, through it all is a write-off from the outset. The lights are barely dimmed before the weighty issues abound. The nature of evil, law and order versus nihilistic anarchy, the justice system versus versus vigilantism, post 9-11 foreign policy, public privacy versus state-sponsored security. They're all in there, packed tied to sardines, each one squeezing the life from those around it. And granted, these are all worthy themes, but they're all themes worthy of a film to themselves. A third-act subplot tackling the ethics of public surveillance has the raw materials to intrigue and inflame, but in the dark night it's little more than a footnote. Whist past our noses as we process neither the storyline nor its implications. Notions of ethics, morality and justice should be ruminated on, not rushed along. But the Dark Knight takes them on like a world champion strongman in the boulder lifting round. One after another, as fast as possible, never pausing. I think that whoever wrote that is mistaking what works for plot against what works for building a world that has to have a certain... There's certain things that can literally just be mentioned, mm. yeah? And it's enough for the audience to go, oh, all right, that makes it a little bit more realistic there. You know, like it's, it's just dropping things that is kind of a bit of a cheap, it's a, it's a bit of a, a, a cheap trick, but you see it in films and, and, and these sorts of things are fed in there, whether they're picked up on or not. You know, we all read things and watch things and, and you know, take the layers of the onion away, don't we? As much yeah, as we yeah, want. Yeah, so, so that. that is, you know, I would say more to do with is that person understanding what you know, 
what works for the narrative, against what works for the building of the world, against what works for how the characters are reacting against each other. There's so much to to pull away from that. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is with Dark Knight, there's probably loads of kind of plot holes and things. Of course in it. you can. Do you know what? I could watch the Dark Knight and sit there. Apart. And and if I allowed myself to, <laughs> yeah, I could really but, pull it apart. But, but because it's like something which is fucking brilliantly that's that's it so well and to to some degree and that's the depressing thing about the third one even the third one has its moments where you think what the you know Mm. this is so well made but it's what is going on where's this but Dark Knight you don't I don't personally I I don't sit there and even allowing myself to do that because it has got so many elements to it that are just leagues ahead of any crap that I, I put out there. No, me. I agree. I mean, watching yeah, it, just, watching it again, I got swept along with it again. For me, yeah, it is a roller coaster. It, it pulls you, and it does not it's, stop it's until the end. Is and, and the alternative with Dark Knight Rises, which we'll move on to in a moment, is you. It stops you in your tracks throughout that film, and you think, "What? The, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. Why did he make this yeah. decision as a filmmaker?" I completely disagree, guys. It's not about Dark Knight. Yeah. But um, for, for me, I, I never bought into the Dark Knight at all. I find there's so many issues, of so many things in the film that are so jarring. I think it just lumbers from one big, like kind of jerky sequence to the next. It's like, oh, we're meant to be this, feeling this one scene, then feeling this the next scene, then feeling this. I mean, every, I mean, it has to be mentioned as well. Every time Batman talks, it drags me <laughs> kicking, screaming out. Like, what What's wrong with Where's your trigger? Where's your trigger? I mean, rewatching Batman Begins, he does the voice once in that film. That's where he's interrogating the falafel guy. It's worse yeah. in the third one. And it's, it's yeah. far worse than the third one. The third one gets to get a bit silly. It's, but. It's, 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 someone sort of sat Christian down and said, Look, mate, for fuck's sake, you sound like a tit. Wow. And so I've, I've got this main character I, I can't buy into because he looks like a bird in this <laughs> real world. I, he sounds like a tit, and it's just it's just lumbering from one scene to another. I mean, but, certainly by the end. I mean, the whole, okay, but okay, the bit with the bike, but, the bit of the bike, the ferry sequences, the bit of the bike. To be fair, to be fair, the ferry sequence was dead out of place. It, it belongs more in the third movie. I, 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 I think, think as well with the with the uh, the whole sonar thing. And again, that was just something that was tacked on and thrown away when it no longer suited the story. No, I think that sequence when he takes down the uh, police at the SWAT team, I think it's fantastic. Well, I he's think... a fucking ninja. He doesn't need the sonar. Nah, but he's no, Batman has always relied on two things, yeah. that's his training, but also the technology. His brain and technology. Yeah, it's, also, it's a combination. the character Batman is... This is why this character has survived for 75 years, is because whoever writes and uses that character, they use whatever is happening mm. in that time period to paint that character how he needs to be. And the beauty of him is... He can be used for a number of genres, maybe. He can age groups, you know, so many different styles and variations of that character. Mm. But the fact that the character himself inhabits all of those qualities, he, this is a man who has to physically hone his, hone his body, yeah? his mind, his body, his spirit. He's not just a ninja. He's learned about law enforcement. Mm. He's learned. He's even Detective learned about. The, the, you know. Now this is. Which I'm, I'm, fact, would, which I'm, I'm going back to. Yeah. There needs to be a Batman film which is purely about 
who he is as a detective. Yeah, which no, yeah, he yeah. Which, he which, does not which he does it. He touches on it. Yeah. But that is my, one of my few complaints with the Nolan trilogy is there is not enough detective. I would actually say yeah. he'd probably do that a little bit more in the third film. Yeah. Which yeah. I'll give him credit this for. This is coming from a man who made yeah. Memento. That's not yeah, yeah. And this will be why he was chosen in the first place yeah. because the studios may have actually said. We want the complete antithesis to Schumacher's Batman and Robin. Therefore, we want the detective. He is the the greatest detective no, well, it's great. ever. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not in film. That's, no, it's not. And again, no, it's, I agree it's Batman you described is fantastic. Yeah. What? No, and that, but that is the fault. That is one of the few problems I have with the Nolan mm. trilogy. Is I want to see that, and I am hoping to God. I mean, I am not excited about Batman vs Superman in the slightest, despite being a huge Batman fan and love Superman, it doesn't excite me, yeah. that film, yeah? What about the but, Batman DVD? But, but what I am excited about is Ben Affleck's yeah. version yeah. of yeah. Batman and the solo yeah. film that he does... Yeah, needs to be about yeah. detective skills. Okay. It needs Which to be you, about I, I, less we're, we're, physical. It's a less physical version of Batman. I thought that we're on Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just to dive in, I, I thought about this the other day. If, granted, yeah, Batman Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but once we get a Ben Affleck Batman film, yeah, yeah. and if he nails the character, yeah, yeah, super but well. he will nail. So we'll, I've okay, got no doubt about okay, that. But then will we go back and relook at the Dark Knight? And question it even and say, well, because this guy is so much better. You will. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think you, no, you will. I you think will. you need to strip Batman you will away. From, you have to strip Batman away from Dark Knight anyway, you because, can't, no. because no, no, but it's the Dark Knight. It is. It's it called. Is, he does. Yeah. Nolan doesn't even want to call the character Batman. So why yeah. make a Batman? Film? Because it's the Dark Knight. In, in fact. Maybe not when we're dead and in the ground, there might be the caped crusader, mm. yeah? Mm. There might be the world's greatest detective. Well, there's a, the yeah? There will be this language that is that everybody is so used to, yeah, that yeah. people will now know that the Dark Knight is Batman. Now, we don't need to use the word Batman. We're going to use... It, it, this is mythology. This is how mythology works. But I think yeah, it's also you, different like, interpretations back. of a yeah. character. And like we and said it has before, to be done like that. Batman now, this is the problem. People. You know, potentially, that the new Batman film with Ben Affleck, they're not going to do it because it's not commercial. They're just going to go back to the Batman. Yeah? Well, they're going to call it something Let's like Let's see it. how it's Christopher Nolan screwed that up in the third film. <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll get back to interpretations. 2012's The Dark Knight Rises. As it's become custom, let's discuss casting. Um, quite a new few new members of the cast in this one. I've got Tom Hardy, I've got Joseph Gordon Levett, uh, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, Cotillard. And Anna Hathaway. Gentlemen, thoughts and casting. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I think she's she still I was, I was surprised. I was surprised by the casting, and I remember emailing you a picture when the first. Um, release one of her with her kind of goggles, goggles. on on the bike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think I think I might have said to you that looks shit. <laughs> yeah, well, we both said it's like, well, what's with this stupid Argos cheap kids goggles she's wearing? Yeah, right. But out of context of being out on of screen, context, yeah. I mean, she was fantastic. Mm. She was absolutely I mean, I remember hearing that she was cast and thinking, what? That's, that's mm. surely not going to win. The same way Daniel Craig, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. everyone said that like so, Heath Ledger. I love it. Yeah. I love it when I'm proved wrong yeah. because your expectations are so low that when somebody delivers yeah. the level that she delivers, I mean, she is the best thing about that yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy, 
is good in it, but he becomes Bond villain. Yeah. He becomes yeah. cliche Bond villain. He's not Joseph Gordon-Levitt's very good in it. I thought I didn't mind Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, and Marion Coulthard, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so Marion Cou- Coulthard, um, she is uh, one of the best actresses on the planet. Yes, if you've not seen Rust and Bone, watch Rust and mm. Bone, because that is an incredible performance. What they do... In, I'm going to start with the problems. That Please do. Because I actually... <laughs> as a, as a film, I don't... I think it's OK. I, I wouldn't like... You know, it doesn't nothing to blow me away. But not as bad, don't, but vitriol, I'm sure. <laughs> we go down there, that avenue. I think the main problem with that film surrounds her character. Talia Al Ghul is one of only two people that Batman has been in love with, mm. ever, yeah? And has the potential to change his life, yeah? And then what happens... <laughs> no, you want Catwoman, yeah? You want Catwoman. So, if, you, if, if you're taking the, that important character mm. and stringing us along and making us believe that Miranda Tate is a, a good character and going to help Bruce Wayne and that he trusts her and well, falls in love with her and then in the end, at the end, the twist, you see it coming anyway... And then when it does happen, there is no weight to the character of Talia Al Ghul because there's and, no. And you there's don't no, buy into. You, you don't to, buy into the, her the problem plan. is you don't buy into a Bane lot is thrown of to, Bane yeah. is thrown to one side yeah. when he's built up as this. And Batman never meets Bane. That's one of my major. He doesn't know. So no, no, that's, doesn't, that's, that's, doesn't going back, that's harking back to the comics. But the he never really is, does in the comics. Yeah. That's the whole idea. Is that in the comics, Bane Bane broke the Batman, and then Batman had to sort of. Which is the best bit in the film, yeah. It's it's the, the fight between Bane yeah. and yeah. Batman is so ferocious. The music stripped away. No music. Yeah. And what stand and the, what again, one of the best things about Dark Knight Rises out of the whole tree, it's got the best use of sound, yeah. Mm. Yes. Because what Bane the, the sound of Bane, like this ferocious roaring tiger when he returns and he grabs hold of Batman and he's He's you about to tear him apart. You can feel the when, when he breaks the cow. What I do, what I love as well, is that whole kind of. Um, it's got a classic, almost Empire Strikes Back duel where it's again about the goading of what they're saying between, saying to each other, or what he's saying to Batman, and what and the venom and the irony, venom. the venom yeah. <laughs> coming um, out of his mouth, yeah, and, and to break him at, at any means necessary. I think that once they take all that away with the Miranda Tate character who becomes Tyler O'Gall, it then starts to diminish who mm. Bane is as a villain because mm. then he's now sidelined. Oh, right, and okay, it's not about him then. It's He wasn't the villain. And they're the which, main which issues. Which makes even more of a putz because yeah, Bane beat him. yeah. He comes but, Blofeld, uh, not Blofeld, he becomes the odd job. Yeah. <laughs> what they do, what they do, though, in Dark Knight Rises, that... And you can see what they're cl- clearly going for. There's a trilogy with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there's a three act structure, and blah, blah, blah. So in Dark Knight Rises, what they do, instead of that being a third act as a film, it, it almost resets itself and has its own th- sort of stru- muddled three act structure inside it of Batman starting here mm. at the lowest, getting. 
mm. back back on his feet, then knock down again, then back up again. And, and it doesn't. It's too the whole the whole plot of that film too is much. too messy. It's and too I agree. messy. It's, it's too the, messy. There's a lot of problems. I mean, in terms of structure, I think that's a good point to look at because it starts the film pretty much straight after Harvey Dent dies yeah. in Dark Knight, which then suddenly jump forward yeah. eight years, yeah. and it's like for eight. Years. Yeah, Why yeah. is it eight years? Yeah. Why could oh, it just been a but year? Or two years. years. Yeah. Hey, the whole yeah. time frame is wrong. There's no yeah. reason for it to be eight I years. I do believe though that the way that he's painted that character, and unfortunately, the way that that what that character has moved towards, the way the Dark Knight ends, and then this whole thing about him, you know, being in hiding, mm. and he's got this sort of Howard Hawks sort of mm. thing going on, and. You know, the whole kind of Edgar Allan Poe sort of, you know, secluded, you know he's keeping himself hidden away from everything. And, you know, okay, you, you buy into that, but only in, only in that version of Batman, would you? Because no. you would not buy that Batman would ever right. yeah. walk away from no, 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 Let's just look at the actual going. structure in the timeline, because... He, he basically Dark Knight happens. Yeah, he yeah. goes on the run. Great, brilliant ending. You think great. Yeah. This starts. He goes in hiding pretty much for eight, eight years. years. So that means well, actually, actually, sorry, he only kind of goes in hiding yeah. for three years. But he never gets they, chased. Does he? Do they actually chase him? What well, I, I don't. Time? Is he still like Batman? Set up at the end of the Dark Knight. Is he still Batman? He's been about, about two weeks throughout the entire trilogy. Well, no, but yeah. during during those eight years, I don't think he is he Batman that much no, at all. No, he but I know he's Bruce Wayne, and he's kind of in company for at least five years because they talk about the whole kind of um, the new energy kind of thing. Yeah. And then he kind of goes off for three years. But eight years? Why? Why is it eight years? And then it's still like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, yeah, I think yeah. it's because it's the Dark Knight Returns reference, isn't it? It's kind of a, there was a, a it was missing for so long, ten years, eight, but, ten years. But why? They kind of like, but it doesn't work for that story. Yeah, but why just, not? Why not start it? They take uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns is the famous uh, Frank Miller, 1985. Yeah, and that's what their basis today. Idea, yeah. But he's but, not but, an old but, man. But, I mean, looking looking at the night looking at the Nightfall, you know, story, which it's kind of based on. Why didn't they go with the whole kind of thing of starting it with him still being the Batman and still being out there? They can't, you know, they and couldn't. then break him and yeah, then they, bring him back. But instead, they did this kind yeah. of build him up Unless and then bring him back. They only they only reason the original Nightfall story, story worked is because the, the, it, it was a slow downward spiral from the death of Jason Todd. So yeah. you're looking at 89. Yeah, 89. Was he poisoned or something? Was he kind of no, no, infected or something like that? He's affected by the death right. of that, that, that right. character. So he's basically, he's not looking after himself. He's completely yeah. withdrawn. Um, and then Bane blows up the prison where all the criminals escape yeah, yeah. to run him down even more. Yeah. And to get him to the point where he cannot... He can barely stand, let alone fight. Himself. But why not do that? So, yeah. Why not do that? Yeah. Why not start it when he's still bloody Batman? Why would he not be Batman in the real world? But why would he not be Batman? Why would he not be Batman for eight years? But why would he really run away for eight years because of the death of Rachel Dawes? No, no, not at all. But that's the way they painted him. If we were dealing with the Batman of the comics, Batman would never give up. He saw himself, and he certainly wouldn't. He would not let the death of a woman. Stop him doing that. Would drive or, him. In fact, nothing else. That regardless would drive him of like what sex the character is, he wouldn't allow the death stop. of someone to stop. Mm. It would hinder him and it would make him weaker. 
because it has done in key storylines, but it would, but you would eventually use that because that's the whole point. That's what he does well. And he if, uses that. But if you had a, a stronger fuel. Batman in the Dark Knight, a stronger character, more to work with, they probably wouldn't have yeah, planted the But they probably didn't. Let, let's be honest. They didn't have that planned though because of death of Heath. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it changed them. So the. the you know that had that did have an impact on the way that they were going to tell that that next part of the story. No, look, I mean the thing is the the actual story, the idea of Dark Knight Rises, I think is really good. The idea of Batman being broken and then coming back, yeah. that's brilliant, yeah. and that could work. It worked in the comics, and yeah. it was a great storyline. But they just messed it up so they badly, and they didn't sell it. There's no, so no. many kind of plot holes. There's so, so much, much problems with much. the timing and the editing of this film. It feels rushed, and I think what happened is. He was compromised. He had to make this film for Warner Brothers. He had to get out of there. He made compromise. I don't think he necessarily wanted to do yeah. it. After the death of Heath, Heath Ledger, he was probably affected by that as well. I mean, you know. And he had to get this film out. He made compromises. The script needed more, oh, you know, work. Some more work. Are, on yeah. a three-hour, 45... Sorry, two-hour, 45-minute yeah, film, yeah, yeah. It, the pacing is so wrong throughout. But... And again, it's another overblown Nolan movie. Saying all of that, though, I... I watched it and I didn't, you know, I wasn't shouting and ranting at the screen and get oh, but inside yeah, I was like, it's not right. There are problems. This, this yeah. thing's not quite right. This, but you still watch it. Yeah. It is still a beautifully. It's it's it's, it's a well made, well shot film. Mm. It's not sound the way, it's, but yeah, definitely editing issues. Um, the, there's moments in it that I mean. I, I do really like the bit when you see him for the first time again as well, because again, that's like Dark Knight Returns reference with the cop oh, in the car. Oh, oh, one second, You're one in second, for a real one, treat tonight, kid. In, in really scene, good moment. There's the scene in the stock exchange where um, they go out on the motorbikes. Yeah. Okay. And they go into the underground car box. Yeah. And it's, it's daytime when yeah. they go in. Yeah. They go out and it's nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. No, it gradually gets darker. That's, no, 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 that's, no, 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 no. It, it just jumps. No, it just jumps. Yeah, it just jumps. This yeah, yeah. right. because time, time doesn't really work as you imagine it does in this film. Bruce Wayne can get from India back to Gotham in the Let's not forget the comics. He's died and travelled through time. There you go. Maybe that's what happened. So many problems. Somebody talked to me about Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. Detective Blake. I've got so much to say about He is basically there as a way to obviously carry on the Batman was yeah, anybody it's... ever under the impression that there was anything no. remarkable about Stephen no. Blake I just think a lot of the time he happened to be in the right place he, the right it, was right to, it, it, it was convenient let's have a look he's a great detective oh you say he's a great detective oh okay he's a great detective um, he he's an orphan pretty much you know yeah, he was yeah, raising yeah. it oh, that, that, that ticks that box you I know. think it's more about it's just they, oh, uh, sort of lazy Levitt you know, does so well with what he's got there with that. Well, he's part, a good actor, which is terribly... actually that character, John Blake, is is cobbled. Oh, is it John Blake? It's John. Is it? John I don't know. Blake? I don't John, know. John Blake. Yeah. John Blake. It's basically, an amalgamation of all three Robins. Yeah. And by the time you get to the end, and then it's revealed, like, why don't you use your real name? Oh, that is the most awful. Really I think I think I actually said fuck off. If you're actually, you know, you know the comics, he's an original character for the trilogy, but through his traits and 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 the things that they again built that character around, 
he shows different types of personalities of all the Robins. Mm. So he's got like John Blake, Tim Drake. Yeah, there's the whole yeah. kind of thing there. You've got he references the death of his father as a gambler as well, which is a thing yeah, just Tim Drake. I think that might be Jason yeah, Todd or, or I've Tim got Drake. Tim Drake's father was a cripple. Right, there we go. So that so. might be the Jason Todd. Then we've got um well, actually it's really hard to type Dick Grace because Dick Grace is about humour and there is no humour in this film. <laughs> nothing, not even Gordon Levitt is gonna well, but I don't know how where's the Dick Grace? I'd, I'd argue where I don't know. Maybe it's related, you know, the kind of the detective skills come from Tim, Tim, Tim Drake. That's sure. him what detective skills? Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he he's just to, not as stupid as all the yeah. police. All the he basically, cops, his detective, yeah. Yeah. His detective yeah. skills are, I am able to tell by yeah. the expression on your face. Yeah. You have yeah. lost your face. Oh, please. Let's talk about the police. Let's talk about the police in this film. Right. They're down Why in the sewers. the hell do they all go into the sewers? But who in the right mind would do that? Who would be able to fight yeah, after being down there for three months, is it? Yeah, Do they get out before the final fight? I can't. They do. They, they do. Right, so right, 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 yeah, yeah, right. Maybe they all had a before the fight. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm assuming that uh, John Blake was fed. Was fed. Yeah, on his bits of string. Well, no, because I think the whole thing about the trucks and stuff. I think they are still fed. Right. I think there's reference to the food trucks and stuff. All right. Somebody, look. We've been. I'll give it. I'll give it that. We've been very, very negative about. Film. Can anybody send nice about Yeah, lots, like I say, lots of nice <laughs> right, give us a couple. Yeah. Well, I've touched upon the fight scene. Um, definitely the fight between Bane and Batman. Yeah. Uh, we, we've said about Catwoman. Mm. Um, the sound, phenomenal use yeah. of sound. <laughs> um, I do actually... That noise is the scraping of the barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're really it's, reaching. The, the music, <laughs> and, I like, and I still like the way it's shot, but the, the, it's just the, the script... No, I, I, I argue yeah, the cinematography is the not editor. as good as Dark Knight. I, I don't get it. No, it's not. Definitely. No, no, it, whatever you say about Dark Knight Rises, they're really. It's not Dark Knight. I'll tell you what I think was quite anything clever. you can even. Yeah. I'll tell you what I think was quite clever is the whole incorporation of Bane into the League of Shadows and the idea that Bane was actually her protector in the pit. I think it's, I think it's, it's an idea, but yeah. I don't think it it's all right, but then it doesn't kind of pull itself up. Well, yeah, I was, I was, I was reading something online and somebody made a good point. He said, he would build a prison with a massive opening like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. why would you do that? But like an opportunity for people to escape. It's the whole idea of Bruce Wayne is the only man in like 20 odd years to climb the pit. Yeah. Bruce Wayne's just had his back broken. Yeah, and he, he's, he's fine in like five weeks. Or, like, no, 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 so, no, so, no, so it's about. Don't break his back on his vertebrae. Yeah, yeah. But it's like Why a couple of months. Why didn't they introduce the venom drug and they could have said Bruce Wayne took some of the venom drug and therefore he could climb it? Also, so why? 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 He dies at the end of it, so it doesn't matter. Or the Lazarus pit. You know, the Lazarus pit would have made sense. But why the hell did Bane wait five months? That's one yeah. of the biggest plot holes in this I film. don't understand why. You have a nuclear bomb and nothing set it to go off in a few months. Yeah, time. because he, he, he's, he's building the hope think, with the people, yeah, isn't he? It's he a bit does say that, but, yeah. but why? What's the point? Story, yeah. um, there's no urgency. There's no need. There's no need. It's basically there to give Batman time to get from Umigungumland to Heal. No, no, no. Yeah, well, that's the bit I was hoping Man of Steel would show you a sequence of him basically helping. And now we go, ah, yeah, okay, I'll figure that. But no, this is so many pacing problems with that. I think there are a couple of, I know we've discussed this on Library, so there are a couple of high emotional points. 
One of which is the conversation between Alfred and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, where, again, where, where Bruce Wayne it, pretty uh, much says to Alfred, you've kept this letter from it's me, a, how can it's I It's a brilliant, you? brilliant Alfred moment, really but, but, Alfred, but it would but, but, never Batman, happen. I, again, I go back to the fact that Batman but it wouldn't hit Batman, so... Let's, let's just not convince ourselves. The only the reason, reason, what about the scene where he's crying at the graveside? Yeah. I really like no, that. No, I like Rosie, but that's... Just, I'm sorry, that generally yeah. made me want to cry. Yeah, yeah. Alfred it is. Alfred and let the Wayne's... Okay, Michael Caine acts the hell out of that performance, but he's giving shits to do. It's a way of writing Alfred out of it because there's too much going on and you can't come back to Alfred. But it's that that is the that was to me the most hurtful thing about that film is what they do to the character Alfred and leave him in mm. such a state of turmoil in, um, and after everything he's done mm. and you know as, as moving as that scene is between them in the corridor and and the acting between them it, it, and it's really emotional but it's like, no, that would, Alfred would never, yeah. ever, ever leave and again, Batman. Batman. Batman would never stop being Batman. Yeah. So I think, I think at this yeah. point, we're past this, this is where Yeah, I think, I think the point is, is everything that happens, every action that happens in that film, everything the characters do serves the plot of the film. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just to get from A to B, yeah. and that's the problem yeah. with the film for me. Okay. So for another one, you got Miranda Tate. I mean, granted, we all know she's Talia Al Ghul, but it's not been revealed at this point. Oh, shit. She's she's, done it. <laughs> she, she's desperate to kill Batman for killing the dad or some shit like that. Yeah, that's right. So, but she still shags Bruce Wayne. Okay, see, this is my point. This but is, this, this is a whole thing one. about. This is another thing I, I struggle with. How many people in the space of that trilogy know that Batman, Bruce Wayne's Batman? All of them. I mean, Joseph. By the by, by the end of it, mate. But this, again, that's yeah. but Joseph. Gordon Levett turns up to yeah. his doorstep and says, you're Batman. And Bruce Wayne doesn't even try to refute it. And he's yeah, like, oh, okay then. Yeah, oh, you got me. <laughs> yeah, you were well, good to get all you. <laughs> you looked at my face when you were a young kid and you knew I was Batman. Yeah, I have people know who, who, you know, that Bruce Wayne's Batman in the comics and usually... Usually, they're his closest friends, his allies, the people that he takes well, under his time. wing, yeah, yeah. Okay. and that he allows to know that identity. Or it might be the odd love interest that finds out. Um, no no villains yeah. really find out in the comics, and, and if they do, a story device is used to wipe them. Yeah, 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 but yeah. in the films, there's only... It's an open house. Who cares? Who knows? The Joker doesn't find out. Harvey Dent no. doesn't find out. Catwoman doesn't find out, but by the end... She knows. She does know, but yeah. it's explicitly said. So... She, no, she really knows She that. knows because of the, the, the fight. The yeah. fight between, her, yeah. between Bane and Batman. But the only... I don't have Wayne. an issue with... You know, in, in his films, and the trilogy, um, of course anybody linked to the League of Shadows is going to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Is Batman. Yeah. That makes sense. That's part of what the mythology you know, that's passed he's down. used. So, but I don't, I don't, I don't watch them and go, and go, oh my God, another person's found out. I do remember, though, watching the original ones and, and actually ranting at, the, at uh, the Burton and the Schumacher films at how many people find out who Bruce Wayne Every villain and every ally and yeah. every character in those films finds out I think Nolan didn't do too bad in, in reining it in and you know thinking right we're not going to reveal it to everybody and if we do it's got to be something really emotional and again the end bit again as bad as the end is I actually quite like the fact he reveals to Jim Gordon a hero is a man <laughs> that puts a cold 
over a child. But <laughs> even <laughs> <laughs> I still well up at that. But, but, yeah. <laughs> could, he, could he not have just said, oh yeah, Bruce Wayne, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And why does he keep using the bloody voice with people who yeah. you know he's Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Begins, so he does the same thing to Rachel. Oh, yeah, he yes. reveals who he is to her. Stop being so Gentlemen, yeah, we've created a monster. We've gone on for quite some time. I'm just going to end with my assertion that Batman actually dies at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> essentially, towards the beginning of the movie, Alfred says he fantasises about if all of this was finished, Bruce Wayne would be, he'd see Bruce Wayne abroad and he'd make it. And basically, at the end of the movie, the bomb blows up. My assertion is that Batman dies in that. Um, and then the end scene with him and Catwoman in a bar is just in Alfred's head. I, just, See, I, I refuse that just to dive in because Batman's not even in these movies. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's Rob's point. Of view. I, I, I I don't think Batman does die in the end because the it's not a fantasy sequence you see at the end because the the relationship between Bruce and Selina Kyle is never really cemented in in um, Alfred's mind. I don't think that relationship's ever really cemented. Also, they they pinpoint it in so many different ways. A whole autopilot thing. Yes, it could be a red. There's subtle yeah. references. For where if you really want to the read the Catwoman, there's something to do with um, where Bruce alludes to. Are you trying to set me up with something? They went in down in the back cave right, and he yeah. refers to Catwoman and mm. he says, Oh, are you trying to set me up with something? There's something mm, along yeah. those lines. So you could say, Okay, so subliminally, subconsciously. He yeah. met her when she was the maid yeah. at the yeah, beginning. Exactly. But I think it's a stretch. And I think yeah. the fact that the it pills is. are missing, you know, who took the pills? The fact that the bat signals we've heard, did yeah. he do that before it the final bat? You know, so much. Who, yeah, who refers to the bat? Yeah, it, it, the pills, it, it refers. Cat, cat, to, it goes back to the idea of the Batman in the comics. But to me, a true I think that's a Batman. Good point. I, do you know what? I think that's a good Batman. To read this out. Wouldn't wouldn't give up being Batman. But please, close, um, yeah. we should just add thank you for listening. If you have been listening, um, our thanks as always to complimentary copies for our theme tune. Please check him out on SoundCloud. Um, he would enjoy your love. Our next episode, gentlemen, I believe is Star Wars. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Force Awakens, which I believe is in cinemas December the 17th. Apparently, yeah. Apparently. There's, there's been something in the paper about it. I think so, yeah. Um, it has been a lengthy effort this evening, but I would like to thank our very special guest, Richard James Johnson. Maybe. Sarah, it's been a head of pleasure having you in our Batcave. Um, and until next time, don't be a stranger. I've learned that it doesn't matter what the story is. Some things never change. Because even when they aren't taking about talking about me, they are because they're talking about Batman. The Batman doesn't compromise. I keep this city safe. If safer, but just by one person. And I do not ever give in or give up. Sometimes I fall in battle. Sometimes I die hugely, bravely saving the city from something that would destroy it. Sometimes it's a small, ironic, unnoticed death. I die rescuing a child from a fire or tackling a frightened pickpocket. Everything changes, but nothing stays the same. Every friend betrays me sooner or later and every enemy becomes a lover or a friend, but that's the one thing that doesn't change. I don't ever give up. I can't give up. I'm the Batman. I protect the city. I rescue people. I investigate crimes. I guard the innocent. I correct the guilty. And I get it. I mean, I really get it. The end of the story of Batman is, he's dead. Because in the end, the Batman dies. What else am I going to do? Retire and play golf? It doesn't
doesn't work that way. It can't. I fight until I drop, and one day I will drop. But until then, I fight. <laughs>